exploited and abused. But I want you to see some truth out of this chapter tonight. I told you last night we're going to have a little bit more. It's going to be a little bit more lighthearted tonight. I hope. I never know. But I can tell you this, we're talking about gladness. That's what we're preaching on tonight. So if you ain't glad on the inside now, I'm hoping by the time I'm done you're glad. There's a lot to be glad about tonight. Now I'm telling you, there's a lot to be discouraged in, and there's a lot to be not necessarily worried about, but certainly we ought to be observant. We ought to be watching, we ought to be looking, we ought to be understanding, we ought to be having a little bit of discernment about it. Wouldn't you agree with that? We're seeing a lot of crazy things in church these days. We're seeing a lot of crazy things with church people these days. Seeing a lot of strange movements, aren't we, y'all? But I want you to know God never changes. We talked about that. <clears throat> I also want you to know that our God's still good. People are horrible. I mean, they'll treat you so many different ways. Most of them you don't even like, right? But you know, every now and then, somebody will do something that just brings a little joy to you, a little gladness to your heart. The other day, I, that happened to me. I was at church, and, and I had preached a funeral, and, and the funeral was huge. This man that, that had died, he was well known in the community. He used to be part of a singing group. And because he was part of the singing group, you know how it is when you're, uh, the man was 92 years old, and he had been singing since he was a little one. And so everybody knew this man. And he died, and uh, he had started coming to Shannon Heights Baptist Church. Their church had gone through a, a church split, and he started coming. And when he started coming to our church, um, he just absolutely loved it. He had a, a bad stroke, and then after his stroke, he had brain issues. He had to have a surgery, and uh, make a long story short, he was driving when he shouldn't have been driving, after having brain surgery. Let me help y'all out. If you have brain surgery on Friday, don't try to drive somewhere the next Friday, alright? Let me help you out. Don't drive anymore at all, okay? If they take the top of your head off and do stuff in your brain, let somebody else drive, alright? And so he just was driving and forgot how to drive and couldn't remember and just drove right straight out into a road, and bam, he got hit, and he died. Now, it's not funny, but it's kind of funny, because the man was always, I mean, he was ready to go. <laughs> but at the funeral, the place was packed. And I had an opportunity to preach the gospel, probably that day, it's probably 400 people in that place. Humongous crowd. And after I preached the funeral, I started feeling a little bit low, feeling a little bit discouraged, like, man, I've preached and everybody just sits there. And I got a phone call from a local pastor. said, hey, Pastor Paul, many times people don't tell you when something good happens, but I want to tell you. And he said, you said something at that funeral the other day, and this man called me on the phone has been coming to my church. And he said, you said something at the funeral the other day that made him realize that he needed Jesus. And I had the opportunity to lead him to the Lord in my office today. And it's because of that funeral. Hallelujah. That encouraged me. You know, sometimes when we're talking about gladness, other people can bring us gladness just like that. A word of encouragement. Sometimes it can make you just feel good about yourself when somebody says thank you. 
Thank you for what you do. Thank you for serving. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you for your giving. Thank you for something, right? Am I right? Sometimes that just brings you a little bit of encouragement. Sometimes we can encourage ourselves. And as a matter of fact, we need to encourage ourselves in the Lord tonight. There are things going on in the world. We talked about this yesterday. There are things that are going on in the world. Things are going on in church. Things that go on in our homes and our families that will discourage you. They'll get you sidetracked. They'll make you want to quit. You need to encourage yourself. And sometimes the greatest way to encourage yourself is to go back and remember where you came from. Remember the day you got saved. Remember the joy that God gave you on that day of salvation. Get back to that day and thank God for it. I'm telling you, and I mean this with all my heart, you're going to hear it again in just a little while. Sometimes it's not because somebody else isn't encouraging you is why you're feeling so low. It's because you're not encouraging yourself. Because you have forgotten who you are. How many of y'all are saved in this room tonight? Listen to me. You are a joint heir with Jesus. You're on your way to heaven. You're not going to hell. People will tell you that. Y'all ever have anybody tell you to go to hell? If you haven't, you ain't been doing enough for Jesus. I'll tell you that right now. And they'll tell you to go there, but you're not going there. You're going the other direction. This is as close to hell, brethren, as we're ever going to get. Y'all are Baptists, aren't you? This is as close to hell as we're ever going to get. Man, I'm telling you one thing. We're headed to heaven. We're headed to heaven. We're headed to heaven. Rejoicing. Somebody ought to tell your face right now. You're going to heaven. Be glad. Have a little bit of gladness. As we come into this Scripture, Acts chapter number 2, if you know your Bibles, most of you do, you know this is the day of Pentecost, don't you? And old Peter stood up and he preached. Now I want you to remember this. As Peter stood up and preached on the day of Pentecost, it wasn't but just a few days before that Peter had denied the Lord. It was just a matter of time. Time had gone by now and Peter was preaching on the day of Pentecost and as we talked about yesterday, it was the resurrected Christ that changed everything in his life. He has this opportunity to preach and he stands up and he preaches and we're going to look at a few things that he said in a moment. But all of a sudden we see 3,000 souls get saved. Man, that's pretty impressive. But you know what? Didn't anybody get all upset over them 3,000? A few verses later, you got one fella, one guy, who was crippled, that nobody cared about before. But all of a sudden, he got saved. And he didn't just get saved. He got real happy about it. And he got up and he starts leaping and jumping for joy and expressing his gladness. <laughs> and they wanted to kill Peter and John over that. One soul, and they get mad, 3,000, and everything said. This puzzles me. But I think when we stop and look at it, we need to realize some human nature. Yeah. When big stuff happens, you deal with it. 
when one little thing happens you don't like, it'll wreck your world. <laughs> hey, COVID happened. Ain't nothing we can do about it. Are y'all with me? I'll get, to, I'll get to the message in a minute. This is all free. So COVID happened. What? Nothing we could do about it. We had to shut down the churches because the government said so. Dang government. That's against the law anyway. You know that, right? <laughs> but you'd have found out that you'd gone to jail if you'd done it anyhow. So never mind. But we had to do what we had to do because the government said so. Then all of a sudden we come back from COVID. And everybody is sensitive. Am I right or am I wrong? I mean, through COVID, it's, oh, we're going to praise God. We're going to worship God. We're just trusting God to get us through COVID. As soon as we get through COVID, we're getting back to church. As soon as we get back to church, we're going to be on fire for God. If God lets us live through this, we're going to be on fire for God. <laughs> they still ain't come back. Am I right or wrong? And then, man, you, stay, you say something to them, you give them a call on the telephone. I have a couple in my church. I called them on the phone. I said, hey, been missing y'all. They said, we'll be back when COVID is done. I said, well, COVID ain't never going nowhere, so you're just going to have to have your son or daughter call me when you die so I can do your funeral. <laughs> now, if you know me, you know that's, I'm, I'm telling the truth, but I'm half joking. <laughs> it's the half that's serious they took, all right? They got mad as a hornet at me. And I said, hey, I'm just joking with you. I mean, it's true, but I'm just joking with you. I'm just saying, come on, there's no reason for you to stay home. You come on out. If, hey, if it takes two masks, wear two masks. It's fine. <laughs> there are some that ought to be wearing one anyway, right? And so, so <laughs> I'm talking about having some gladness. Instead of them being glad now, had it been normal times and they had been sick and the pastor called and said, hey, I've been missing you. They'd have been, oh, Pastor Paul, thank you. I, I, you're, we just love you. Thank you for calling us. Thank you for checking on us. But no, sensitive. And all of a sudden, they mad at me and they ain't never coming back. Well, okay. Now, I had one or two options with that. I could either get real upset over that or I could try to have a little bit of understanding that we're just going through some strange times and people are a little sensitive and people are a little angry. And just let it roll. Am I right or am I wrong? I'm telling you, my joy don't come and your joy ought not come from who's in church or out of church because the only one that matters whether that's in the church or not is the Holy Spirit of God. And we need to rejoice tonight because the Bible still says where two or more are gathered, I'm in the midst. The Lord Jesus is right here. Some of you have been through some of the most horrible times in your life the last couple of years. Am I right? But man, here you are tonight and I want to encourage you. I want you to know that no matter what has happened, you can still be glad. You can have some joy. You can have some happiness in Jesus. I want you to see this tonight. As I read this scripture, we're going to pray. Look down with me, if you would, in verse 37. Verse 37. Now, when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart. What's the this? 
The this is the message that Peter had spoken. The message that Peter had spoken, his sermon, basically he stood up and he told them, he said this, they, they were saying, what in the world is all this? Talking about the, the speaking, you know, the, the tongues thing, the whole, all this stuff that's going on. Y'all have read the book of Acts, right? And so they were saying, these men are drunken. He said, no, no, no. This is that that Joel spoke about. And what he was talking about, he goes on to say, if you read with me back up to verse 17, verse 16, excuse me, but this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And I want you to get this tonight. And it shall come to pass in the last days, said God, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. He's talking about the age of grace that we're living in now. He's talking about the time in which the Holy Spirit of God wasn't just going to come upon some and not everybody wasn't just going to indwell some and not everybody. He's talking about the day in which anybody, male and female, young and old, gets saved and the Holy Spirit of God seals them. That's what Joel was talking about. And that's what Peter's talking about. And there is no difference. Anybody with me on that? And that shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I'll pour out my Spirit upon all flesh, your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Whoo! There's a whole crowd of people that have taken that the wrong way. That word prophesy means that they're going to foretell what God has already foretold. They ain't coming up with nothing new. It's what God's already said. All right. You get that, right? Now, what he's saying is this. You've got to realize in the Old Testament, a prophet was somebody the Holy Spirit of God came upon, the Holy Spirit of God spoke through, and the Holy Spirit of God would give message of warning and truth to people. So in the time that he's talking about, and the time the Holy Spirit comes, He's going to come and He's going to seal everybody. Lottie, dotty, everybody that's saved. And every man, every woman, every boy, every girl will be able to open up their mouth because they are filled with the Holy Spirit of God and foretell what God has already foretold and tell the world about Jesus. It's not the shamalama ding dong and yabba-dabba-doo, and roll around on the ground and cluck like a chicken. It ain't to wave coats, smack people on the head. That's foolishness. That's bound up in the heart of foolish, childish believers. He said, your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Young, your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. <laughs> you ain't never seen Jesus, but you sure have seen Jesus. Am I right or am I wrong? You, you can eat a lot of strange food and see some strange things and have some strange dreams. Now I want you to hear me and hear me well. God is more than capable of doing anything today that He's done before. And if God so desire to put something inside your heart 
to reveal something to you that's going to keep you safe, it's going to keep you protected, might warn you about something, might keep you from getting in your car and going somewhere that maybe you're going to have an accident or something, God can still do that. And God still does do that. But God's not going to give anybody a vision outside of the parameters of the Bible. And God is not going to give anybody a dream that adds to or takes away from the Scripture. Verse 18. And on my servants and on my maidens, I'll pour out in those days my spirit. The young ones, the old ones, and everybody in between. I'm going to pour out my spirit. Now, I want you to see this. Before I, I, I ain't even got to the message yet. Y'all hang tight. It shall come to pass, or I will show wonders in the heavens. Look at that, verse 19. I'll show wonders in heavens. Back up to verse 18. And all my servants on my handmaids, I'll pour out in those days my spirit. They shall prophesy, and I'll show wonders in heaven. Those wonders in heaven we see come to fruition in the book of Revelation. Do you know what this scripture is about? This scripture is not so some charismatic movement can have some kind of wild thing. This scripture is for you to understand that there is a new day. There's a new time. There's a new age. And that age started with the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. It is shown to us through the coming of the Holy Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit of God couldn't have come until it was sent. And when the Holy Spirit of God was sent, then everybody would have the ability to be sealed by the Spirit of God and preach the truth and tell the truth because they're sealed by the Spirit of truth. And it goes all the way up until the time on which there's going to be signs in the heavens. Look what it says. And I'll show wonders in heaven and signs in the earth and blood and fire and vapor and smoke. The sun turned to darkness. Do you know what he was telling them Jews? He was telling those Jews that had gathered there, there's a new day dawning. And every one of them Jews knew what Joel 2 was about. And they understood when he stood up and he preached, and he preached from Joel chapter number 2. Because what that meant was, the Holy Spirit of God was coming down to seal man. And it was going to be that way until the day that we get on the day that all that calamity's coming, which is the time of Jacob's trouble. My friend, I want you to just get a little happy tonight. Because you got the Holy Spirit of God on the inside if you're saved. You can rejoice and you can be glad. Hang on. i got to get to my outline. Then he said this in verse 22. You men of Israel, hear these words. And he talked about Jesus of Nazareth. He was a man approved of God. He said in verse 23, Him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God. You only thought you killed Him. You only thought you did. 
I want you to know Jesus died for them. And Jesus died for you. Jesus became their sin. Do you realize the ones He's preaching to, some of these ones He's preaching to, were some of the same crowd that said crucify Him? Are y'all listening? Crucify Him. Let His blood be on us and on our children. And 3,000 got saved. There was a whole bunch of that crowd when they cried out, let His blood be on us and our children, had no idea that the blood was going to be on them. And then there's a whole bunch of other ones that rejected and that blood's on them in a whole different way. Now, if you're here tonight and that blood has been applied, then you've got every right to be glad. No matter what the devil's throwing at you, no matter what your neighbor's throwing at you, no matter what's going on in your life, you've got the right to be glad in Jesus. Verse 37, back to my text. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart. They were pricked in their heart because he said Jesus got up out of the grave. That's really what tripped or trigger. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart. That's conviction. And said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? What should we do? What do we do? They knew they were guilty. What do we do? He said this. Peter said unto them, Repent. Notice there's a comma. So for the Church of Christ crowd, I want you to realize, you don't have to be baptized in water to go to heaven. But you do need to repent. He said, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin. Talk about that in a minute. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. This is a transition time. Right now, when you trust Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you receive the Holy Spirit of God. It is a gift of God. He is the Comforter. We sang the song, The Comforter Has Come. For the promise is unto you, verse 39, and to your children. But let the blood be on us and our children. I got something great for you. Let that blood be upon you. Let that promise be on you and your children. You got the right to be glad when you and your household know Jesus. Let's pray. Father God, I want to thank you so much, Lord, for giving me this opportunity. And Lord, my voice is a little shaky tonight. I pray, God, that you would just help this crud to go away. <coughs> Lord, I pray you'd help it to clear up. I ask you, Lord, not for my sake, but for those who have to listen to it. Lord, I pray, Father, that you would just open up our hearts now. Help us to be receptive to your word, to your will, to your way. I pray, God, tonight that each one that's in this room would rejoice, be thankful, be grateful, be glad, be happy about the fact that you paid it all for us. And I pray, God, tonight, whatever needs to be said, whatever needs to be done, Almighty God, you just lead and guide as only you can. Father, if there's one soul in this room tonight that just needs something, would you please give it to them? Lord, if they need a blessing, bless them. If they need a blister, blister them. If they need correction, correct them. 
If they need comfort, comfort them, Lord. But most of all, if there's one soul here that's lost, if they need salvation, save them, Lord. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now that my introduction took up most of my time, I'm going to preach a five-minute sermon. I've always wanted to, never done it, but I've always wanted to. And that word gladness, look with me if you will, in verse 41. They then, they that gladly received His word were baptized. Notice that? Then slip on over just a few verses, over to verse 46. And they continued daily with one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house, and ate their meat with, what's that word, y'all? Gladness. <laughs> I, <coughs> I want you to realize what that word gladness means. If you get the word gladness, you'll understand what this whole chapter is about. Because that's what it's about. The word gladness is a word that means exultation. It simply means, literally means, physically means to leap or jump for joy. If you're going to be glad in Jesus, it means you're going to be animated for Christ. If you're going to show forth gladness, it means you're going to be animated for Christ. It doesn't mean we just sit there as though there's just nothing in the world to be happy about. It means we realize we got a lot to be happy about, a lot to be thankful for, and a lot to leap for joy over. I mean, after all, we were on our way to hell and we deserved that. But God showed us His love, His mercy, His grace, and His goodness. It's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. And it was somebody that God used to show you that you needed Christ. Somebody, whether it was a grandma, a grandpa, your mama, your daddy, your preacher, your Sunday school teacher, a good friend, whoever it was. They took the time to show you that you were loved by God who also would one day destroy this whole earth. They showed you that Jesus died on the cross for you. And if you were the only human being on planet earth, Jesus would have died just for you. And that day you got saved, you rejoiced in your salvation, didn't you? And you were glad. You weren't worried about what anybody thought. You weren't worried about what anybody uh, would say about you. As a matter of fact, in your mind, you weren't thinking about anybody else anyway, were you? But now all of a sudden, after we're saved a little while, we kind of get a little dignified. We put on our church clothes. Yeah, there's something wrong when you can't get happy in your church clothes. Your buttons are too tight. Uh, I don't know, maybe your underwear's the wrong place. I have no idea. But church clothes somehow just make people from getting happy. Now you put on your blue jeans and you put on your tennis shoes and you go down to the ballpark and your son or grandson hits a home run, you will lose your ever-loving mind. And you don't care who hears you. I mean, there are more people there. There are more people there than there are in church. And I mean, there are, I'm talking about there's people there you got to go see when you go to the dentist or the doctor. I mean, there are people there. There might be a doctor there that's going to give you your next exam with no clothes on. I mean, just think about that. And here you are jumping around like a lunatic. I mean, it might be the local psychiatrist has got to do a checkup on you. 
And you're acting like a lunatic. Are y'all with me? Tell me you don't do that for your own kids and grandkids. But we come to church and we talk about what Jesus has done and we are just entirely too dignified. I mean, I might pop a button or a thread or something. I cannot move. These are anchor clothes. I'm here to tell you, you can get happy no matter what you got on. And when you're in church, there ought to be some gladness in the four walls of the church house. If there's gladness anywhere in this world, it ought to be here. I mean, here we are. This is a sanctuary. Sorry, Lord, I'm not so sanctified. But nevertheless, this is a place where we can come apart from that world that don't understand us. This is a place where we can come apart from that world who mocks us, makes fun of us, doesn't believe in God, rejects God, denies God. We can come in this place. We can let our hair down. We can let loose a little while. We can get a little happy. I'm saved. Try it one more time. This is the place where you right now tonight can get a little bit excited about the fact that you are not going to burn in hell forever. It's a place where you can clap your hands and say hallelujah and amen and glory to God and not feel like some kind of a freak. I mean, some of y'all are looking at me like I'm a freak. But I ain't worried about it. I'm going home Wednesday. And then people in Waynesboro already know how I am. <laughs> Listen to me, y'all. We call each other brother so-and-so and sister so-and-so, don't we? Listen to me, very careful. Now, i got two sisters. And my two sisters, I tormented them to pieces. I know that's hard for you to believe. When I was little. My two sisters were like mamas. I had one that was ten years older than me. had one that was five years older than me. My mom had five miscarriages between my middle sister and me because the Lord wanted me here. And that's the truth. My sisters would always try to make me take a bath. Well, I didn't like taking a bath. Some of y'all might not like taking a bath either. I don't know. But I didn't want to take no bath when I was a kid. Y'all have a kid didn't want to take a bath? You got boys, don't you? No boys ever want to take a bath. So I learned a trick. If I'd go into the bathroom and run some water and act like I was taking a bath, they'd leave me alone. But my mama always figured out somehow I didn't take a bath. I still ain't figured that one out yet. It wasn't because I run in the dirt and played in the dirt all day, I'm sure. Then she'd have to make me take a bath. And I done wasted all that time trying not to take a bath. Now when my sister, who's 10 years older than me, decided she's going to tie me up and force me in the bathtub, (coughs) she tied my my hands and my feet, hog-tied me, and put me in the bathtub. (laughs) But when I got loose, when I got loose, I showed her. 
<laughs> and I found some gasoline, and I found some matches, and I found all their Barbie dolls. I pulled their heads off. I pulled their legs off. <coughs> and I made a mess out of Barbie. <laughs> that didn't go over so well. I had to be hogtied. I had to get a bath. And I got a whooping when my mom got home. And I got a whooping when my dad got home. So that didn't work out so good. You say, what in the heck does that have to do with anything? We're brothers and sisters. Man, there are times that we are not going to get along. There are times when we see others not doing what they're supposed to be doing, and we're going to be like my oldest sister, and we're going to hog time and force them to do it. You can't. Oh, it might go by one time, but you ain't going to get it the second time, I'm sure. And then there's others out there, they're, they're like me. They'll spend more time trying not to do what needs to be done, pretending they're doing what needs to be done, and never getting around to doing what needs to be done. Right? And we need to understand that we're living in those days, and as we come now to the backside of COVID, and church coming back, and all that, people are sensitive. And people are touchy. But I want you to understand you cannot change anybody else. And you cannot let your gladness, your joy, your happiness be based upon somebody else's doings. You have got to live your life. You have got to worship your God. And you have got to thank God for your salvation. And I want you to understand this great spiritual truth tonight. The Bible tells us we can be glad, we can have gladness, we can have joy when we have it over our salvation. In verse 41, he said, They gladly received his word and were baptized. Gladly receiving the word. Tonight I want you to be glad that you can receive the word of God. Why? Because there's a whole lot of people out there in this world that cannot hear the word of God. You and I tonight, this is the problem in America. In America, we got so many churches and so many flavors, so many things. They'll tell you whatever you want to hear. And so if you don't like what this preacher says, you go find some other preacher. We, we are no longer, we are no longer faithful to the house. We're men followers and men pleasers and men worshipers. And I'm here to tell you that robs you of your joy, that robs you of your gladness, and it robs your brothers and sisters of their gladness. But I want you to know that you should be glad because you can gather together and receive the Word. You receive tonight about this time of the day of Pentecost when the Word of God was preached and 3,000 souls got saved. Hallelujah. Rejoice in that. But you also hear about one, just one who was crippled, and they told him about Jesus. And he got saved. You can rejoice in your salvation, and if you can't rejoice in yours, why don't you try rejoicing in mine? I mean, praise God, if your salvation ain't good enough to make you happy, let me tell you, you ought to be glad about mine. Because I'm not going to hell anymore. I'm different. I'm changed. I'm saved. I've not arrived. I'm not glorified. I still sin. 
I still think bad things and do bad things and say bad things and behave bad ways. But man, the Holy Spirit of God will convict me. And the Holy Spirit of God will draw me. The Holy Spirit of God will change me. How about you? You see, if you can't be happy about that in your life, be happy about it for my life. Salvation and other salvation. Look at verse 42 through 46. Christian fellowship ought to bring you gladness. Notice what it says. They continued, what's that next word? Hey, are y'all getting anything out of this tonight? Alright. You need to be a little more vocal then, because I, I ain't sure. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. Oh my soul. I'm so thankful that I had pastors teach me the truth of God's Word. I'm going to tell you something. I'm thankful for that little fellow right there. Well, he ain't little. I'm thankful for that, that one. And i tell you why I'm thankful for him. Because he's doctrinally sound. He's goofy as the day is long. But he's doctrinally sound. And I can tell you how I know he's doctrinally sound. Because every day for several years... We, that's all we did all day was talk about doctrine. We had doctrinal questions. I'd ask him stuff. Make sure he wasn't stupid. <laughs> I am amazed at a man so young who knows so much. And I am amazed at a man so young who has as much wisdom as he has. And I'm not here to pump him up. But I'm here to rejoice and be thankful and be glad in the fellowship that we have. And be thankful for the fellowship that we have around the doctrine. You see, we can have fellowship and we can rejoice around the doctrine. Hey, y'all look up here. I do not believe I can lose my salvation because the Bible says I can't. And if you want to hang around with a bunch of people that tell you you can, then woo! Makes me just tickled to death because I ain't worried about what you think. Amen. Hey, I can tell you this. I am thankful for the doctrine, the blood of Jesus, and Jesus alone washes my sins away. I am saved by grace through faith. I can rejoice. I can be glad. I don't have to speak in tongues as an outward manifestation to prove I have the Holy Spirit of God. You want to hang around with that crowd? Woo! But you didn't learn it here. <laughs> you didn't learn it here! And you dang sure ain't going to learn it from Him. And if you ever do learn it from Him, you call me. <laughs> we'll take care of that one. Are y'all with me? Now I want you to know something. We can have good fellowship and we can have good rejoicing over doctrine. We can rejoice over the doctrine of eternal security. We can rejoice over the doctrine of heaven. But do you know heaven's just a temporary place? Heaven's temporary. You know, most everybody in the, in the church world is so enamored with heaven. Y'all realize some of us may not even go there. What do you mean? I'm going to tell you what I mean. There's coming a day the Lord's going to shout. There's going to be a voice of the archangel. The trump of God's going to sound. 
We're going to be caught up in the clouds in the air with the Lord. Am I right? Oh, yeah. There's also a time we're coming back. When we come back, we're coming back quickly, rapidly, and speedily, just like we pray He comes quickly. When we come back, we're going to rule with Him for a thousand years. Y'all with me on that? Uh huh. And after the end of that thousand years, Satan's going to be let loose for a little season. Am I right? And at the end of that little season, there's going to be another battle, and the world's going to get together, and they're going to attack Jesus. That ain't going to bode so well for him. And the Bible tells us the Word of God's going to destroy him. This earth is going to be destroyed. There's going to be a great white throne judgment. And then we're going to be a new heaven and a new earth. And by the way, if you want to rejoice in some doctrine, here it is. When we get to that new heaven and that new earth, God says He's going to wipe away all our tears. There's not going to be any more sorrow. Not going to be any more crying, no more weeping. There's not going to be any more dying, no more death. There's not going to be any more funerals. There's not going to be any more pain, no more sickness, no more sadness. Praise God, we can be glad in that, y'all. And we're going to be with the Lord Jesus in a new earth, in a new Jerusalem. And we're going to be there forever. And there's not going to be one ounce of pain for us. One ounce of sorrow for us. And you can rejoice and be thankful for that. And it's all because of the good grace of Almighty God. The good mercy of Almighty God. The love of Almighty God towards sinful, wicked wretches like us. When we ought to be burning in hell forever. When hell is cast into the lake of fire. And we ought to be burning forever. We are celebrating. You know what church is supposed to be? It's kind of like practice. Let me say that one more time. This ought to be kind of like practice. <laughs> that means there ought to be a whole lot less tears. There ought to be a little more rejoicing. How many of y'all realize, dear Christian, that this life is rough. It's hard. And every one of us that love God and are living for God, we're going to suffer. And we ought to suffer so that we will cry out to God to deliver us. <laughs> but oh boy, let a little suffering come. Let a little disagreement come. Let a little bit of opposition come. Yeah, we don't stick. We whine and cry and ruin. Whine and cry and ruin. I'm going to tell you something. Y'all listen real careful now. I don't care what you got going on personally. One day you're going to die. And when you die, God's going to deal with you. Have you forgotten you're going to be judged? <laughs> It'd be a whole lot better to get it right now. Be a whole lot better to get happy about things now. Be a whole lot better to start practicing your worshiping and practicing your rejoicing and practicing your singing and practicing your celebrating and practicing your, your shouting. I said practice your shouting. 
Amen, preacher! That's right, Paul. Woo! Thank you, son. There we go. That felt better. This is practice. If you think when we get to heaven it's going to be like this, whew, when we get to heaven, it ain't going to be but for a little while. And when we finally do get to that new earth and that new Jerusalem where the Lord is the light and the walls are jasper and the streets are solid gold. You think we're going to be so worried about the building? You think we're going to be worried about whether whoever is up there playing the harp plucks the wrong string? You think we're, do you think we're going to care? Whether they got blue chairs or red chairs in heaven? Do you think we're going to give one ounce of care as to who does what? We're going to be so enamored with Jesus. We're going to be so filled with gladness because we will no longer have to walk by faith. And we ain't really walking by sight. We're walking by knowledge. Because I'm going to know because I'm known. I'm going to know. I'm going to know. <laughs> Here we are in 2020. What is it, 2022, right? Here we are in 2022. We're old enough, we ought to have learned a few things. But boy, we're dumb as a hammer, ain't we? I mean, we're stupid as stupid can be sometimes. Just ignorant, foolish, dumb. We think we're so important. This is why we don't have gladness. This is why we don't have joy. This is why we can't shout. This is why we can't be free. Because we've got to have our way. It's got to be about me. I've got to have my way. It better go the way I want. And what that is, is evil. And evil keeps you from gladness. And what we do is we go, I don't like it. Ah! Don't like it. Sounds demonic, don't it? I tried. I'll pay for that later. And what we do is we go, I want my way. My way! I want to go my way! Coming and all to go my way. Why didn't it go my way? Well, who are you? Tell me again how important you are. Tell me again. Well, tell me again. How important are you? What makes you think you've arrived? What in the world? 
What in the world? I got a couple in my church. I'm going to leave nameless. That's the nastiest daggum people you've ever met in your life. I mean, capital N, nasty. You couldn't please, I'm telling you, you cannot please them. Joe and Cammy know who I'm talking about. I could give them bars of gold. They'd complain because they're too heavy to carry. Never satisfied. But always have to be the ones to do it. And if you don't ask them to do it, they're mad. And if you ask a new person at church to do something, they'll come in and critique it. Well, that wasn't good enough. You should have done it different. Well, who the heck are you? Let them do it their way. If it don't work, they'll figure it out. How'd you get to where you think you're so wise? You messed up a whole lot. Come on. We're talking about gladness now. Tell your face. If that's you that I just talked about, there's a cure. I mean, it's a cure. If you just ate something nasty and I said, hey dude, you're going to die. But I got a cure. You'd be like, oh, thank you, preacher. I mean, if a snake just bit you in the foot and I had the little machine, because I ain't sucking it out of your foot, to pull that stuff out, you oh, thank you, preacher. Come on, y'all. What we've got is a bunch of I, me, my. It ought to go my way, ought to be my way. I think, I think, I think. And we never one time stop and realize it don't matter what we think. It matters what God thinks. One day we're going to die and go on. Somebody else is going to take our place. We are not that important. Y'all realize that? What's the cure, preacher? Repent. Realize you're a moron. Acknowledge it. God, I am stupid. I'm all about me. I think I'm important. Boy, am I deceived. I need to repent. And the Bible still says, if you'll repent, you'll confess your sins to Him. He's faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Ain't none of us in here that much. None of us. We learn a few Bible verses and think we're smart. We mop the floor or pick up something in a corner of a church building or do a little job and think we're important and irreplaceable. Well, just die and find out. Somebody else will do it. Or it probably didn't need to be done to start with. 
Just like that couple at church. Soon and very soon, I'm praying, they're going to die. <laughs> and y'all think I'm kidding. You know how you're supposed to say, even so, come Lord Jesus? Even so, take them, Lord Jesus. <sighs> I know how much rat poison costs, but I haven't bought it yet. But they're going to die one day. And I guarantee you, somebody will take their place in that church as that great spiritual life sucker. That's their spiritual gift. To suck the life out of you. And destroy you of your joy. Not just rob it. They're going to destroy it. <laughs> it's a gift. And I guarantee you, y'all probably got some here too, don't you? You're thinking about them right now, don't you? You're like, Joe, don't ever get this freak back here again. We're talking about being glad. I'm trying to be real, real with you, and I'm trying to also get you to understand you can be glad. I'm winding up. I'm done. But I'm done with this. Look at this, if you will. Look at verse 47. Look at verse 47. In verse 46, it said, they ate their meat with gladness. They went around, they had fellowship. It didn't say that everybody had fellowship with everybody. You want to learn a secret to maintaining your joy inside of your church family? Find the ones you like and have fun. And find the ones that just you just want to slap them and stay away. Don't invite them over for coffee. Sit on the other side of the church. Don't poke a bear. Pray for them. And pray for yourself. Because they probably are thinking the same thing about you. Because they're over there going, that's the nastiest person I've ever met in my life. And I don't know how anybody can put up with them in that church. Am I right? But they broke bread with gladness. Look at verse 47. And they were praising God. Praising God. Praising God. Here it is, brethren. Praise is the key to unlocking gladness in the church. Praising God. When you're busy praising God, you've got no other room for anything else. Praise Him in the morning. Praise Him in the afternoon. Praise Him in the nighttime. Just start going down your body and praise the Lord. When you feel like saying something that you ought not say, when you feel like behaving the way you ought not behave, you feel like putting your two cents worth in when you realize that all you got's two cents and nobody else is worried about it anyway. Just stop, keep it to yourself, and start praising God. Thank you, Lord, that I got a brain. 
Thank you, Lord. I got a heart. Thank you, Lord. I got hands. I, I got eyes. I got ears. Thank you, Lord. You gave me clothes. Thank you, Lord. You gave me shoes. Thank you, Lord. You gave me some food today. Oh, thank you, Lord. I got a place to lay my head. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you for the Bible that you gave me. Thank you, Lord, for this bottle of water. Thank you, Lord, that we have such a beautiful sunshine today. Oh, thank you, Lord. And when you start thanking the Lord for that, before long, you're starting to thank God for people. And you're going to start thanking God for what they've done in your heart and what they've done in your life. And you're going to start thanking God for the opportunities that He gives you to be a blessing to somebody else. And you're going to start thanking God for all the little things and the big things, and you're going to find that all the little things are big things. And it's going to be a whole lot less I, me, and my. It's going to be like, oh Lord, bless us. Oh God, encourage us. And then you're going to find it's going to be, oh God. Oh God, you know they're hurting. Oh God. You know they're struggling. Oh God, you know they need you. Oh God, help me be a blessing to them. Oh God, I know we've had our disagreements in the past, but oh God, help me to just let it go. Help me. You forgave me. You forgave me of everything. Help me with my unforgiveness. Help me with my unbelief. Help me with my hard-heartedness. And help me find that gladness. You're going to find you're just glad that God would ever save a filthy wretch like you. <clears throat> Hell is too good for me. Are you glad tonight? Are you thankful tonight? Are you filled with joy? You see, when you all get quiet, you spook me. But I know when you get quiet, the Lord's also working on you. We have this invitation tonight. Now, I had a whole lot more I wanted to preach. And if you got two more hours, I'll keep going. <laughs> we'll come back. That's right. But I want you to know this. No matter where you are right now with the Lord, tomorrow can be better. No matter where you are with your brothers and sisters in Christ, tomorrow can be better. And one day, if you don't get it right, you're sure going to wish you did. You're sure going to wish you did. Let's all stand. Pastor Joe. Amen. Anybody else convicted tonight? But anybody else a little glad tonight? I think a lot of us in our churches, in our own hearts, we get so focused on ourselves. We get so focused on everything else, how so-and-so made us mad, so-and-so done us wrong, 
or how everything is in our way. And at the end of the day, it's not about us. It's about Christ. And we make ourselves far bigger than what we really are. But when it comes to us standing before the throne of God, we're not that big. But praise the Lord. That same God desires that we would come to him tonight and we would get this right in our own hearts. And that same God doesn't just want us to come and repent, but as we come and repent, he wants to fill us once more with gladness. To restore to us the joy of salvation that never should have left us. And shame on us for us letting it go. Shame on us for us growing older and colder. For us growing more and more in our head knowledge of the Lord. But growing emptier and emptier in our hearts. Tonight, as this piano plays, this altar is open. If you have a need tonight. Or if you need just to come and praise the Lord tonight, and I think all of us got that, would you come? And if you need Jesus tonight to know what real gladness looks like, to know what real joy looks like, come. and We'll take the Bible and show you Jesus. And you can know exactly what it means to have a gladness of heart and to leap for joy to be born again. Tonight, if you have a need, would you come? I hope all hearts are clear tonight. And if you've got a need, we'll be around. We'd love to pray with you, talk with you. Let's leave here tonight rejoicing. Be glad that God has saved us. And that when we walk out of that door, we're still saved. Amen. <laughs> Amen.
Uh, I, I'm grateful for each one of you coming tonight, and I hope to see you again tomorrow. And uh, grateful for, for folks coming out. And I want to ask Brother Howard, it's good to have you with us tonight, and we're looking forward to coming out your way uh, come next week. Uh, but I want to ask you to, to close us in prayer. And then we leave here tonight rejoicing. Maybe even a couple of us might even leap for joy. Amen, right? If you need help leaping, grab a neighbor, right? <laughs> I appreciate it. Jesus' name.